Your Locked On Coyotes, your daily podcast on the Arizona Coyotes, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It's the Locked On Coyotes podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. How are you guys doing? Today is Thursday, April 1st. It's April Fool's Day, but let us I don't think we should celebrate April Fool's Day today. We had a, we've had a lo- quite a long last 365 days, or yes, however long. It feels much longer than that. But we're going to talk more Coyotes today. Uh, pretty bad loss last night. They had a 9-3 loss to the Colorado Avalanche. Joining me today's episode is Carl Pavlik. We're also going to talk um, a little bit of what's coming up for the uh, Coyotes next couple of weeks and maybe get a, get a talk a little bit more of uh, some trade predictions as we get now within 10 days or 12 days, whatever it is, from the NHL trade deadline. All that coming up on today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Today's episode brought to you guys by rockauto.com. They got the amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you. Let's go ahead and now start today's topics, starting with the 9-3 to three, uh, loss. Carl, once again, welcome to uh, welcome to this show, and let's let's get your thoughts on this because uh, before we started, you thought that you know, outside of the first period, this is just a uh, a normal Coyotes game. I mean, yeah, kinda, and it's well, that's kind of an indictment of the Coyotes as of late, where they're very like hot for like two periods like or a period and a half and then they're just completely cold for the other one honestly like because when you look at most of the goals scored it's the colorado colorado avalanche dominating the first period and everything kind of like settled down settles down after that so the coyotes like clearly just fell apart in the first and then afterwards they're like eh just okay yeah, and I, I think that first period, too, I looked at I was listening to it on the radio um, via the stream while watching the Roadrunners uh, play. And uh, give you guys a teaser, tomorrow's episode will be, uh, will be Roadrunners topic. So I'll be, I'll be bringing on uh, a member of the Roadrunners communications team to help us talk a little bit about Tucson Roadrunners stuff. But, again, to the, back, back to what I was saying is I... I think I tuned in like by the time it was already four to one. I'm like, wait, how is it already four to one? We're not even five minutes into this game. Uh, wh- how did it look like on TV on the new uh, Bally Sports Network, by the way? Because um, I honestly, I, I I couldn't tell based off how I mean, get was it uh, four or five goals in in five minutes? Like, good God, <laughs> please explain this. Yeah, so it was ridiculous. It was. Um... Let's see, one, two, three, four, five goal or uh, let's see, five goals in the first like two minutes, and then six in the first uh, three and a half. 
maybe didn't do that math correct, but whatever. Uh, it was it was terrible. It was basically just like. I don't know. It was like one of those moments where the Coyotes are just not connecting on anything. They're not the passes aren't connecting. They're breaking down. Like it's just not working out defensively. They're just left out completely to dry. And the Avalanche are a good enough team that they were just taking advantage and they were scoring. So there was nothing Hill could do on like any of the goals. It was like completely team in front of him gave up or wasn't there or whatever you want to call it. So I saw, I think was it once it went to four to one, I believe that's when, uh, that's, that's when they pulled Aiden Hill in favor of, uh, in favor of Ivan. Yeah. Um, after that goal, it was, um, let's see the four to one that would have been Jonas Donskoy. Donskoy. Donskoy did not. Yeah. And, he like especially like one of them it was he made the initial save it went over his shoulder like landed behind him and Colorado was able to knock it home like there's nothing you could do for that goal it like the team in front of him had completely given up at that point or not even because they somehow rebounded like I don't know that was just like the worst start you could ever have for a hockey game so I, I so I'm guessing the pool, uh, the pulling of Aiden Hill wasn't a, really a testament to his performance. It was just like you know what, just let's not put him through this. He's like at least for now he's the number one guy because Ranta and Kemper are injured. So we need we need him at his best. Let's just give him a break and let's give it to the rookie Ivan Prosvetov who took the rest of the game after that. Um, who uh, yeah that was his you know his what was that his NHL debut after being called up from Tucson, so, you know, yeah. some more action there. I mean, it was definitely, like, not Hill's fault. You could not blame Aiden Hill for whatever happened, uh, what is now tonight, what will be last night for you guys listening. Um, and pulling him was just for, like, his benefit, because, like, if nothing else, he's going to question every single save he makes after giving up four goals. Yeah, I mean it's yeah, like you, yeah, I I definitely couldn't blame Aiden Hill. Like you know, I didn't again. Like like I said, I was barely I was barely tuning in by the time he was already gone. Um, but I was like, I even tweeted, I'm like a hat trick in the first five minutes from from Donskoy. Like what what's what's going on? I don't understand. Uh, I mean, especially from Donskoy. Like if you heard. McKinnon got like a hat trick in the first seven minutes of a game. You've been like, yeah, that's Nathan McKinnon. Sure, whatever. He did magical Nathan McKinnon hockey things, but Don Scoy, no offense to him, but he's not the guy I would imagine having one of the ridiculously fast hat tricks. Yeah, it's, it's especially again with that, uh, just with seeing how the Coyotes played the last couple of weeks too, because the you know they the last couple of weeks they looked much better than the couple of weeks before that in the in their series against the Wild and couple against the Avalanche. That their last that that last win against the Avalanche was still a bit questionable, but the two wins over San Jose, I'm like, okay, <laughs> these guys are the offense is back. Everything, a lot of things are clicking. I'm optimistic. Um, 
and I still am. This game, I like. I think you said it uh, perfectly, and I, you didn't say it while we we're while we we're recording, but I'll say it. And I'll, I'll say what you said before we went on is let's let's be real. Is this game doesn't really count? I mean, it does, of course, because it goes on the standings and records, but um, but the Blues are continuing to lose. I mean, I don't think they even had a game this. Maybe they did today, but the but the Blues are continuing to lose, and they're only a point ahead of Arizona. And Arizona's got Anaheim and Los Angeles the next four games. St. Louis has the um, uh, the Golden Knights and the Avalanche. So, no, I'm mean, going to say Coyotes have Ducks and Kings, and yeah. Anyways. Uh, we'll talk about that. I probably messed up um, how I said that, but we'll get to that in just a sec in what's coming up for the uh, Arizona Coyotes. But first, let's talk to you guys about betonline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Guys, the Final Four is coming up for both men and women's basketball. Uh, if I were, if I had to make any recommendations, follow the women's team especially because, uh, well, a team in our in this very state is in the Final Four in the women's. Congratulations to the University of Arizona women's basketball team making the Final Four. Shout out Wildcats, bear down. Uh, but back to bet online. They don't, it's not just sports. Awards, TV shows, reality TV, real-time odds on props and almost anything you can imagine. It has you covered for everything sports betting. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up for a free account today. Receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. All you need to do is use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. And speaking of betting and speaking of Final Four championships, everything like that, Built Bar Madness, is it getting ready to close down? I think... I, I believe today is the championship matchup um, after uh, quite the quite the bracket that we had. We had uh, Cookies and Cream, uh, unfortunately, didn't make it to the championship. Uh, I, honestly, I thought that, you know, that flavor for four matchup on that side of the bracket could have been a championship game. But Cookie Dough Chunk on, on to the finals. Uh, meanwhile, I... If I, the uh, bracket isn't completely updated for me, but I believe mint brownie just edged out coconut brownie chunk. So that means your championship between cookie dough chunk and mint brownie. And this is a pretty good matchup, Carl. Oh, yeah. I mean, I like cookie dough. I like brownie. I like mint. That's like a lot of just really good flavors right there. I would say probably some of the three top flavors that you could have, like who doesn't like any of those things? Yeah. You, you, you can't go wrong with either one. The way I, the way I like to describe it guys is cookie dough chunk for me. takes me back to when I, like I said, when I, you know, cooking some, breaking some cookies as a kid and taking some of the raw cookie dough and just having that delicious uh, taste before we, uh, before we get it cooked. But mint brownie, it's got a, you know, it's you know mint brownie, maybe a little bit like the uh, the mint chip ice cream, or maybe a slightly like the Girl Scout cookies. Not 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 completely. It's just a little bit different, but kind of the same motive there. So 
I, you could go either way here. And uh, honestly, if it's me, if it's me, Carl, I'm going to cookie dough chunk. I think I, I, I've, I've been writing, I've been writing them all, all this bracket long. And I think, I think they're going to go for the win. I mean, I'm just going to go mint brownie because I've made cookies. I've made brownies. I've never made mint brownies. Like that's just a sophisticated flavor. You're not going to get that everywhere. You can't really do that yourself unless you're on a next level. So I think people are going to respond to that one. All right, there we go. So I've got cookie dough chunk and Carl has mint brownie. Go ahead and put the vote out yourself. Go to builtbar.com or go to bar underscore built on Twitter. And don't forget, when you go to purchase some built bars to go try some yourself, use the promo code LOCKED15, L-O-C-K-E-D, 15 for 15, 15% off your next order. Once again, LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. And check back later today to see who wants today's matchups. And who will become the best tasting protein bar? All right, guys. It's now. Well, first, I want to give you guys a quick reminder that I get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport to help local experts with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, guys, back here on Locked On Coyotes, it is time to talk about what's coming up for the Arizona Coyotes. Carl, you heard, we were saying before how, you know, essentially right now it's a neck and neck for that final playoff spot, even though we we still got some time, plenty of games left. But as of as things stand right now, as we're getting closer to the trade deadline, the Coyotes and the Blues are neck and neck. The Blues have a tough schedule coming up. They got the Avalanche and the Golden Knights, their next four games. The Coyotes have the Ducks and the Kings. And that's why we were saying that that last Avalanche game, you can kind of throw away because they're still a point apart. And these next four games are really going to be telling. Yeah, pretty much. Um, the Coyotes are in a really weird spot because everyone knows that they're not good enough to win the Stanley Cup. Like, that's just out of the question right now, but they're probably still a bubble like thing. Like they could get in, they could lose. And then they have a pretty easy schedule moving forward, but the trade deadline's also approaching. And that is when you really need to start making long-term decisions. And the coyotes could really go one of two ways with that. And it's putting them in a really interesting spot. They really need to, like start really well for these next four games against teams that they should like massive like quotation marks around should but should be better than i mean and i'll and i'll say this the ducks definitely i think for like a you know exclamation point on that the kings it's like weird because the coyotes have had good games against the Kings, but they've had really, really bad games against them too. Um, but if based off how they played against San Jose, and I'm obviously San Jose is a, it's, it's hard to make a comparison because San Jose is also a really, really bad team. Yeah. But I mean, that kind of can tell you if that's how the, if the Coyotes played that way, that kind of domination level over the Sharks they can do that over the Ducks and the Kings, and that can put them in a put and get them a good confident spot. Yeah, and I think a big thing about this is 
right now, uh, as we're recording, John Gibson is listed as questionable for Friday's game. If he is out, the Coyotes have a much better chance of winning, just because not only does John Gibson play pretty well against the Coyotes, he's just a phenomenal goal, goal goaltender. Like in five years, we're going to be talking about Gibson the way we used to talk about Henrik Lundqvist, and just like what? Stroud with a bad team. Because now, now that I look at it, you know, the last time the Coyotes played the Ducks, I want to say it was like only a couple weeks ago. Um, in the middle of the crazy hellfire that was the uh, the avalanche and the wild back to back to back to back to back. Um, I believe there was like, I want to say it was like a five to one or like a six to two win or whatever it was over the Ducks. It was like, and I think that was Ryan Miller. I think game, it was Miller and another player because I remember thinking, oh yeah, Miller is still playing for the not Buffalo Sabres because, you know, my Buffalo connection. Uh, I can't remember who is the third string on the Ducks, though. Um, but yeah, it was not Gibson the last time the Coyotes played uh, the Ducks for either game. And that tells, and yeah, that tells you a little something there. Well, that that first game was bad, but well, obviously said that was two weeks ago. We don't have to go too that too far back. But coming up this week, next well, next couple of weeks, you know, like we were saying, the Ducks and the Kings, those are winnable games. You know, in you know, quotation marks, winnable games because obviously anything can happen in the National Hockey League, um, especially uh, with this uh, Rick Tockett led Coyotes team. You really never know what you're going to get. Yeah, no, it's a it's a mystery box. It's like a J.J. Abrams TV show. <laughs> I love that comparison. Um, and it, yeah, it's it's going to be interesting. And um, and I would do want to get your opinion is. Uh, we get ready slightly for the next segment too, is uh, does do these next four games kind of dictate how the coyotes are going to act during the uh, trade deadline? I mean, I, I mean, I think it shouldn't make a difference anyways, because I think they kind of already know what they want to do, but does this, does it change a bit of their mindset? Yeah. I mean, it's definitely, like I think we would all like to think if we were Bill Armstrong, we would know what we were going to be doing less than two weeks from now. Um, because the trade deadline is less than two weeks from now. The team should know if they're going to be buyers and sellers. But honestly, I think it it does. It makes a big difference because if the team can be competitive if they could win against the teams that they need to win against, against the Anaheims, against the Kings, if they could steal a point from the Golden Knights, or if they could they could win a game against the Golden Knights. Like, this is hockey, and they have two phenomenal goaltenders. They could do that. They could win games against the Golden Knights. And if they're doing that, I think you could do, like, a soft sale. But if they are getting, like, blown out by the ducks or the kings which we have seen the coyotes do this season against teams that shouldn't be blowing them out but if they do like you gotta blow up that team because this is the do or die moment Uh, i think next season is either going to be a like a soft rebuild or like a reset whatever you want to call it or like a 
burn it to the ground, sell everyone you can, we're going to be good in five years rebuild. It's going to be one of those two. And if they're smart, then the road trip is going to determine what that is. It could still go either way, depending on what the road trip is. We've seen teams see that they need a rebuild and just don't do it. Uh, and I hope the Coyotes don't do that. I hope if they, it's like a bad trip, they're like, all right, we need to just cut our losses and move on. But it's going to be an interesting time. It will be indeed. We will start talking a little bit more trade deadline stuff, kind of, you know, go into some of those ideas, rebuilding, retooling, resetting, whatever re word you want to use. Uh, we'll talk a little bit about that all on the next segment. But first, let's talk a little bit about rockauto.com. Guys, with the ever-increased number of makes and models, it is impossible to stock all the parts you need at a traditional chain storefront. Why go through having to talk to the guy at the dealer or talk to the guy at one of those storefronts say i need this part for this car and may not and it may not fit your car they say it's universal uh and it's incredibly expensive it is absolute mess of doing that let's just cut that all of that right out uh and go straight to the guys that do it best rockauto.com a family-owned business that is a fun phenomenal website easy to use website that has everything for pretty much every car all you need to do is put your car and truck information in there and it just spits right back at you here's what fits your car and it organizes everything for you it's like all right i need spark plugs it's like here you go and best part is prices are phenomenal can't really compete you can't really beat these rock auto prices you can even save up to 50 percent, maybe even more than what you would normally pay at one of those chain store fronts or a dealership. But don't just take my word for it. Go ahead and check out yourself. Go to rockauto.com and, uh, well, check out what uh, parts are available for your car or truck and while you're there, right locked on in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. It's amazing, amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com. And now let's go ahead and talk, well, trade deadline stuff rebuilding retooling what should the coyotes do buy should they sell uh a lot of topics like that um because well the coyote like we were saying before the coyotes are on that kind of cusp they're on the side where like maybe they can go for a playoff spot but at the same time like they also could just press the reset button and uh before we kind of get into things speaking of kind of like resetting and everything like that carl i had this conversation with locked on sharks uh, last week, almost exactly a week ago. And, you know, they had me try to name five guys to build this team around. If we wanted to say, hey, let's just, you know, blow every blow everything up and let's restart, name five guys. I couldn't name five, Carl. And that's a problem. I, I can only believe really name four players. Uh, I mean... Could I name five to build this team around? For how long? Uh, like three years? Are we talking like five years? Uh, I think we're talking like long-term future here. Okay. Um, I could I could probably do it. A couple of them are going to be a gamble. Um, okay. 
two easy ones. Um, Connor Garland and Jacob Chikrin. Absolutely. That was the easiest for me, too, when I talked with them. Yeah, I think that's pretty much everyone can agree on that. Um, I would add Christian Dvorak. Yes, as I doubt that was my third. Now, 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 I won't push you in, the, in any way, too, but I'll kind of tell you who my fourth was, and of course, I couldn't even have to pass that, and that was Clayton Keller. Mm. But that was like, and I, and I, and I thought, because he's, he's can kind of be a good leader to kind of help be there uh he's i'm not saying he's a you know phenomenal player but i think you know he's he's a kind of guy you can kind of build around I'm like you know what I'll, I'll put his name up in that ring but after that i couldn't go further all right so i i love Cl- keller like i think he is vastly underrated by the coyotes fan base um which i tend to do but this time i'm right in my opinion like what i thought Gilbert Brule was vastly underrated. I admit I was wrong with that, but I think I'm right with Keller. Um, he got a lot of flack for his contract, and this is like the first year it's actually happening, and he is playing up to his contract, and he has still not yet reached his prime. So I feel like everyone who complains about his contract should like apologize after this year if he can repeat it, like. If this is a one-off, then I'm going to eat crow, and I accept that. But if this is what his like average or floor or whatever is going to be for the coming years, his contract's absolutely fine. It's like not an albatross. It's not an anchor. It's not whatever people thought it was when he was playing and he hadn't even started the contract. Um, but I would rather go Schmaltz over Keller. Okay. 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 I'll take it because he's got the better contract. Um, (laughs) yeah, he, he is not consistent. Um, he disappears for stretches. I think he is a better pairing with Garland. Um, I think they show up more. I don't have the numbers in front of me, but I think they do. Um, and yeah, I think I would, I would put him in there. He's he's got a good enough deal. I don't think enough people give that deal credit either. Um, and then I would probably go Prostatov. Um, and that I one, like it. That I one's like the that. gamble, but he has impressed me with how well he did from like going from Russia to um, what was he with um, Spokane in the. USHL. I don't know he was there, and then he went. Um... He did like five games in the ECHL with a rush, um, and then went up to Tucson. And I'm so used to like goaltenders like having a slow burn from drafting. Like he is just going like through those stages really fast. Went from the yeah like from the ECHL to the AHL to the NHL in a little over a year. Yeah. Which is insane. Like, I I tell people, like, when I'm talking to people who don't know hockey, they're like, what's development time look like? I'm like, well, they draft when they're 18, and that's weird. Um, but usually, like, defensemen, like, they start to peak, like, 27-ish goalies. A little bit after that, you get, like, a couple of, like, changes or, like, Matt Murray, who, like, peaks super early. But, like, 
him going like through that was just phenomenal and i like i said it's a gamble because he could just completely drop off after like this season but i thought it looked pretty good tonight and a game that he had absolutely no chance of winning i i, I definitely like that decision putting put, putting ivan in there i didn't think too much about it um i although if i probably now look at it i probably would have put his, his name out there too um and you know to, and, and to be honest too that it was it was part of the conversation too. I had a Kat Silverman now back, back dating back last month. And I was talking to her about the goaltending in Arizona. And she said that, you know, Ivan will eventually be their next guy. Like he, she, she believes um, him to be kind of like the, you know, the heir to the throne essentially once, you know, we know what happens with, uh, you know, the goaltending situation with Arizona coming soon. Cause well, you know, I think some topics is whether or not, you know, they'll let one go through the expansion draft or they trade one um, to, you know, for assets because Lord knows the uh, kind of need draft picks. I mean, I, I see that brought up a lot, but when I actually like talk to another blog about who the Coyotes would like protect, like. The big issue was the Coyotes currently don't have enough defensemen signed to expose one. Like, the team could get protect both goaltenders. Uh, I don't... The, there's nothing stopping them from doing that. They don't have enough, like, core players. We You struggle to name five you would build the team off of. That's, I don't know why people are worried about the expansion draft. I, it's weird. But at least trade-wise, oh. um, well, is let's let's put it this way: there are teams out there that can use, even though they're injured, either Camper or Ranza. Um, obviously, I don't know. I know Camper is probably a little more long-term. I know the Coyotes want to keep him, but give Ranza out for on a rental deal, and you know, get a couple draft picks out of it, like. I don't see that as a. I, I could see that potentially being okay. Oh yeah, uh, trading Ranta I think was like the smart move. If you can get something from him, even if the team is in like the hunt, I think Hill has proven that he is like a good enough goaltender to to start games that the team needs him to start. Like, yeah, if you can get something for Ranta. And he is so injury prone right now. I don't know how much you can, but absolutely, I think this the team should sell on him. Let's talk uh, two more uh, targets coming from the Coyotes around the league that people were talking about. Um, and one, I think, is almost a given. The other had me question a little bit. We'll get to that, uh, and that is well. The first one is Alex Goligoski, and I think that's been talked about for about a month now. And everyone's saying he's probably going to get traded. The second one is Connor Garland, and when someone first mentioned that, and people put out his name out in the ring, and I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa! Kyrie's really going to sell like that? I don't know about that. Um, although the kid, he's going to demand a pretty big contract once all, once once all is said and done, um, but. I don't know. What do you think about these two players being uh, th- tossed around? I think these are the only two players in the Coyotes being tossed around as uh, trade prospects. 
Yeah, I think so. Um, I think maybe like if he decides that he wants to waive it and he gets healthy, Jarmulsen could theoretically like his name would be worth something. Um, but Goligoski, like he dipped when he came with the Coyotes, and he's on the upswing. So if they could trade him now, like awesome, love it. We need the picks. Do it. I appreciate his time with the Coyotes. It's nothing against him. I want him to be traded because I think he is very good, which is not usually why you hear people say that they want players to be traded. But I think he is good, especially right now, and he could get like good assets, and we don't need to resign him. Garland, I think, like I mentioned before, it depends on what the team's future is. If it is full tank mode trade him now because like that is what you're going to get the best return on and he is 25 he is a great player he will continue to be a great player for the next five to seven years that the coyotes would sign him for but he would be a great player on a team that's like consistently finishing in the bottom of the league because that's when you do what you do in full rebuild. So like, that's why it's so important what happens against the ducks and the Kings. Make those, make, make those kind of mistakes. It is going to be interesting. And I'll, and I'll say this, like as you know, I, I, I see that reasoning behind, you know, the ways people might want to like for the coyotes to trade Connor Garland. However, if they do, I almost feel like I want to just like flip a table. I've loved this guy as a player. Like he's like he's yeah. been one of my favorite play- Coyotes players for <laughs> for a bit. And I'm just like, oh man, I just hate to see him go off of this kind of season. Yeah, I mean, it's terrible because he is like he's very skilled, especially this year. Like last season, I was I was a bit like thinking he was overhyped, but I always reference the Craig Morgan article about how he like adjusted his game to focus more on like playmaking. He is like evolved to a next level and it is amazing. And I want him to be with the team, but it is ultimately like one of those decisions where it's like, if the team's going to be terrible is having Connor Garland on the team, like, worth what he could have gotten to like speed up a rebuild like even if it's just like an extra year is a five-year rebuild with connor garland better than a four-year rebuild without him and like that's the decision that i'm sure that uh like gm armstrong's like weighing right now especially if the team underperforms in the next couple games and let's put it and and let's put it this way too, um, to make things easier for everyone to understand why we're you know talking more about that. Connor Garland's in the contract year. Um, he's going to be a, he's a pending RFA. Um, their other best player, Jacob Trickin, he's got five years on his contract. So don't get rid of course. Of course, you know definitely keeping Trickin. That's for no like, no question about it. Send Garland off on a rental deal, get picks. Again, like I said, as much as I hate to hear him leaving, it makes so much sense. 
And not only is Chikrin on like five more years, he's at four point six million. Connor great, Garland is contract. way more than four point six million. Oh no, he's he's gonna he's gonna command like seven or eight. Yeah, like that's another part of this discussion. The Connor Garland contract, unless Bill Armstrong goes super old school, you're gonna get two year bridge deal. Two years for three point five million dollars, like from ten years ago. Garland's getting paid so much money, and he deserves every penny of it. Isn't this why you kind of wished that uh, that John Shaker was back a little bit, just because he knew how to finesse those kind of contracts? Yeah, Shaker, like uh, all of his deals are paying off well enough, and he doesn't get credit for them. Because they all had like a crap year last year, and I hate it so much. But I wish he was here because he would have signed Garland like last summer for like eight years for three million dollars, and we would have called it the best contract in the NHL for the next eight years. Oh my god, that would have been amazing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it would have happened. Uh Amazing stuff. Absolutely amazing. But uh, we'll get more into uh, trade deadline talk as we get closer to it because we're only, again, you know, about, what, 12 days away? Less than two, let's say less than two weeks away. We're less than two weeks away from the trade deadline. We will ramp up deadline talk as rumors start to come out because we know they will continue to, to roll around more and more and more as these days go by. That's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Coyotes. Thanks, Carl, for once again joining this episode. Uh, And uh, to you guys, uh, be sure to uh, go ahead and give him a follow. Carl, where where, where can we uh, we find you? I'm at Carl Pavlock. That's P-A-V, like Victor, L-O-C-K, F-F-H. That's 5-4 Howling. Um, And yeah. And uh, you're also, of course, on uh, fiveforhowling.com. You're managing editor. Oh, yeah. Definitely uh, so. follow Five for Howling in the number four. <laughs> um, so good, good good stuff being done there for, with, with, with our, uh, of course, the friends over at uh, Five for Howling. Um, and for here, once again, I am at Rob Leano one uh, R-O-B-L-E-A-N-O-1, and at L-O underscore Coyotes. You can interact with us on social media. Tweet at us, direct message us, and uh, we'll answer your questions either directly or on a future episode of the podcast, should we deem it a uh, very important question. Um, If you liked what you heard today, don't forget to subscribe and to leave a review if you've yet to already. Once again, we're available everywhere you get your podcast. That's Apple, Google, uh, the new Odyssey app, and uh, really, anyway, Spotify, you name it. But... um, Once again, thanks everyone for joining today's episode. Once again, tomorrow we will talk Tucson Roadrunners. They are playing the Henderson Silver Knights this week. They had a game uh, last night, which we'll talk about once again on uh, tomorrow's episode, as well as the rest of the uh, upcoming week. All that coming up later. Thanks everyone for joining. Hope you guys are staying safe. Hope you guys stay healthy. And don't forget to howl on. We'll be right back.